Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Simply Vegan podcast, the show that's all about making veganism easy, fun and accessible. Brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine, you can catch us every Tuesday and every Thursday. Today, I'm joined by Victoria Moran from Main Street Vegan, and we're talking about how she stays youthful and energised after 38 years of veganism. Victoria is author of 13 books, including bestseller Creating a Charmed Life. She's also a graduate of the T. Colin Campbell plant-based nutrition course and a certified holistic health coach. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, Victoria. It's so nice to have you on. It's wonderful to be here. Lots of our listeners will have already heard of you, but do you want to kind of introduce yourself and just tell tell us, you know, what brought you to veganism all those years ago? Because I think it was, was it 30, 37 years? Yeah, um, 38 years vegan, but I, I went vegetarian when I was 19, which was, right. God, 52 years ago. And I heard about veganism a couple of years later. So it was, I wanted to be vegetarian for animals when I was younger had a hard time with that. I didn't know what to eat. Uh, so yoga really brought me to vegetarianism. And I heard about veganism a couple of years later, but to just imagine veganism, especially in the States in 1970, 1971, it was, it was unknown. There was no food. It was yeah. really, really <laughs> tough. And so, you know, I, I, I wanted to be vegan. I just thought, you know, the vegans were, were the lofty aspirational people. There just weren't many of them. In fact, when I went for um, a degree in comparative religions in the um, early 1980s, I had a fellowship for foreign study. I could study anything as long as I left the U.S. to do it. So I went to the U.K., to study vegans from a spiritual perspective, 
because there were more vegans there than here <laughs> and, and they were closer together. So this was 1980 and it was absolutely fascinating because I got to meet uh, not Donald Watson, who came up with the term veganism, but many of the other pioneers from the 40s, Eva Batt and Kathleen Janaway, and all these amazing people who were just so strong and, and, and so stalwart. And that actually, the paper that I wrote for, for my college uh, uh, thesis turned out to be my very first book, Compassion, the Ultimate Ethic. And that's now the first of 13 so far. Gosh, yes. You've got so many books now. I mean, there's so much that you do, isn't there? So you run, is it sort of um, coaching courses? Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. Main Street Vegan Academy grew out of the book Main Street Vegan that was published in, in 2012. So we've been around for 10 years. In fact, we're having our anniversary this month. And um, we have some 600 graduates in 32 countries on six continents. So the certification is vegan lifestyle coach and educator. But in addition to this, a lot of, of our graduates are inspired to start businesses. So we have a lot of grads with restaurants, food trucks, bakeries. We've got a a cowboy boot company in Dallas. It's all vegan. We've got cheese shops, cheese and yogurt manufacturers, ice cream. I I mean, uh, bed and breakfast. It's really amazing what what the uh, graduates do. And then a lot of them are also working uh, for for PETA, for the Humane League, for the Barnard Clinic, and all sorts of, of vegan and plant-based capacities. So it's really cool. My daughter has told me that she will not have children. And I said, well, that's okay, because I have 600 grandchildren. Some of them are (laughs) my age, but that's all right. So it's very exciting. And we're on Zoom so that that people from around the world can, can do the course. That's amazing. So you mentioned that your kind of grandmother, but not actually a grandma. <laughs> um, I mean, let's talk about aging. So, I mean, obviously we're on Zoom today and you look incredible. And I think you were voted, was it Peter's, Peter's, uh, what was it? The yeah, it was uh, Sexiest Vegan Over 50 in 2016, <laughs> which I think was more of a lifetime achievement award um, <laughs> because, you know, people voted and, and it was very, very cool to just see what people said because I've been writing and doing these things for a very long time. And some people who weren't vegan somehow found out about that and went to the PETA site to vote. And other people talked about something that I wrote a long, long time ago, and they thought it was all silly until their health started to go. And then they changed their diet or whatnot. So yeah, it was really fun. It was kind of stressful because I'm not one for contests. You know, I just never did any of that kind of stuff when I was young or anything. But yeah, it was cool. It, it was cool. And the the male PETA's sexiest vegan over 50 that year was Dr. Joel Kahn. So uh, we were kind of out on the road a little bit doing some great stuff. Brilliant. So what what's the secret then? You know, whatever age we are, we kind of want to stay, not just... <laughs> You know, it's not just about wrinkles, is it? And things like that. It's actually about staying well and healthy and 
youthful in terms of you know our muscles and and sort of our eye health and things like that so what's the secret I I presume (laughs) it's not eating sort of vegan burgers (laughs) well you know I think for a start vegan burgers instead of of death burgers I really think that there is a lot about aging that is metaphysical. I mean, we know it's certainly physical and we have all these wonderful doctors and studies and and things that give us this great information. But I think that so much has to do with how you see it and what you expect and what you're willing to accept and move forward with. I've learned so much from the animals in my life, the companion animals. And I remember our cat, Bobby, had this wonderful cat tree that he'd climb on and it would get him up high and he could look out the window and all that. But as he got older, he tried to jump up on that and he didn't make it. He he fell down and you could tell he was a little bit embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So he tried again and he fell down. He never went to that cat tree again. It was just like, Hmm. not for me any longer. And I think sometimes that's what we have to do as certain things are left aside. And I think this idea in in the vegan world, in the plant-based world, where there's this mythology, if you eat this way, you'll never age. If you eat this way, you'll never get sick. Well, that's really not so much stated, but implying if you eat this way, you will never die. (laughs) And the fact is, none of us is getting out of here alive. So what we want to do is is compress what the doctors call the morbidity at the end of life and live vibrantly as long as we possibly can and deal with the other things, just like my cat that had a great last few years just without the cat tree. (laughs) So that's, that's what I'm doing these days. You know, I'm 72 and I I'm doing really well. I'm not on any medications and people in my family had heart disease and, and high blood pressure and those sorts of issues from much younger ages than I am now. And I do credit the long-term vegan diet with that. But on the other hand, uh, I've I've had tinnitus for uh, many years. I flew with a, a clogged ear um, a long time ago. Dealt with it just fine. I, I had learned to habituate, and then a couple of months ago, something happened, and it just went crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to deal with this ringing in my ears. It's pretty constant and pretty awful. And I have learned that a lot of people. Uh, are having to do that. And it's not something that you can just eat plants and get over. And so I think it's also important as we talk about, yes, we know that a a really good vegan diet with lots of, of fresh foods, lots of fruits and vegetables is fabulous for, for prevention and even reversal of so many conditions. But On the other hand, we don't want to develop this health elite like those of us who have no physical problems are superior to all of you who could be like us if only you were more disciplined or you were just a better person. That is just so wrong Yeah, because, you know, it's 
this is earth, not heaven. And I think we're all really mad about that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really to celebrate life and celebrate the life of all those beings we're saving. And uh, yeah, go forward with great expectations. It's funny, isn't it? Because um, I mean, I, I personally have very rarely been ill since going vegan um which you know I'm very fortunate and you know I certainly don't have a perfect whole food plant-based diet all of the time but when you do feel a bit unwell you kind of feel like you have to hide it so that people you know don't kind of judge you oh I thought you were really healthy you're a vegan oh and that is that is so dangerous to our movement if our movement depends on our being perfect then pity the poor animals because (laughs) we're their only hope and we're not going to be perfect we're we're not going to always be well and healthy and and great that we can be healthier than we would have been otherwise that is fabulous but to have these great expectations for ourselves it's just so sad i've known vegans who have gotten cancer, let's say. And cancer is an epidemic. We live in this polluted world. There are nuclear testing and and accidents. Uh, DDT is still in the atmosphere. It's still in the soil long after being banned in in most places. And, And we've got electromagnetic field radiation. I mean, we've got just all this stuff to contend with. And then somebody gets sick, and I have known vegans who won't even tell their vegan friends. They won't put it on their social media because they're afraid that they would somehow harm the cause. When the fact is, if we want the whole world to be vegan, it's going to be well people, sick people, old people, young people. I actually wrote a blog post about this that people can find at at MainStreetVegan.net. It was called... um, the taboo topic, vegans and sickness. So I, I did that in, in May of, of 2022, if anybody wants to find it. And I think it's just so important that we just be so kind and loving to ourselves and others. I think that the reason that health and veganism got connected, historically, those early vegans, they didn't know what was going to happen to them. My understanding is that there was a guy called Dugald Semple, Scottish guy, who went what we would call vegan back before the word existed. And he was one of these back to the landers. And so he he didn't have any animal products and he didn't um, have coffee or tea or alcohol. And he did okay. And Donald Watson knew about him. So he knew there's one person who could live (laughs) without animal products. But they didn't know. And and I remember when I was researching my book, this lovely woman, Kathleen Janaway, was secretary of the Vegan Society. And she said that when they started, she said, we didn't know if our bones would disintegrate or if we'd perish in a fortnight. We did this out of pure disinterested compassion. And so what we learned from those early people is, yeah, a lot of great things can happen for your health. And some people got very sick because of lack of vitamin B12. So we have this information now and, you know, we can go forward with it. But, you know, being vegan, it makes us superheroes for the animals. Yeah. And, you know, maybe not necessarily 
superheroes forever. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much research though, isn't there? I mean, you know, blue zones around the world, for example, where, you know, people are living the longest and are living healthy, you know, not just living long, but on loads of drugs and medicines, they're actually living healthy, longer lives. And they're yeah. eating predominantly. Very exciting. Yeah. Predominantly sort of whole food, plant-based diets. Um, what I mean, what kind of things do you eat on a daily basis? Then? <laughs> Presumably, you you know, you're sort of cooking from scratch. I know um, you do follow sort of Ayurvedic eating. Um, I follow Ayurvedic living in terms of the, um, the daily routine and, and some of the body treatments and things. I actually am a little, I, I'm not so much in the Ayurvedic eating because they're very much about cooked foods. And I like, a lot of colorful, fresh kinds of foods. Right. So in the morning, I drink a, a big glass of water with lemon, which is also an Ayurvedic suggestion. They would say always have it warm. I sometimes have my room temperature and, um, you know, and then go down to the gym, do a little bit. I drink celery juice, which is an herbal remedy. You know, it's got, been popularized by the medical medium but people around the world are drinking this straight celery juice and it just feels good. You know, you get into the habit, you do these things and then uh, breakfast, you know, it kind of depends on how ripe the bananas are uh, in terms of uh, whether I do a smoothie or, you know, apples with some nut butter and dates or, or maybe a, a muesli or oatmeal if it's, if it's cold out with uh, lots of fruit. And then lunch, especially now that it's getting warm, thank goodness, a, you know, really big salad. And, and I'll put some steamed sweet potatoes or broccoli or something like that and toss it into the salad. So it kind of warms the salad up. It's not just cold. Yeah. And I, I love cashew ranch dressing. Uh, <laughs> and when I, I want to not, you know, kind of go so far into the fats that day. I'll just do a really simple dressing of maple syrup and lime juice. And people say, no, it's like, no, it really works. And the maple syrup's thick and it kind of makes up um, for the oil. And I like something sweet at the end of, of lunch, which is my biggest meal of the day, which is an Ayurvedic thing. And, and so I'll very often just have some dried apricots or, or something like that at the end to kind of make that punctuation. And dinner is really light. Again, that, that is uh, Ayurvedic. So um, steamed vegetables, uh, maybe, you know, lentil soup or, or raw uh, tomato soup as we're getting into the, the summer. So it's just fresh and simple and calls for quite a lot of, of going to the store <laughs> or going to the farmer's market because the fresh stuff doesn't last as long um, as the other things. But it just makes me feel so vital and so vibrant. And I think particularly in growing older, we think about, you know, the organism's been around a while and it's left to its own devices. It's kind of gone downhill. <laughs> and so when you put life in there, you put that life force energy in, it just has to keep things um, on the youthful side. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Whenever I'm eating like that, I just feel so energized. And then the days where I'm sort of being bad in inverted commas and eating the more processed stuff, I definitely notice a huge difference in 
in energy levels. Um, do you take things like supplements and things like that? I, I do. And I know that Dr. T. Colin Campbell um, and, and others are so invested in getting our nutrition from food. And he's, to me, <laughs> the international expert on all things nutritional. Is, but when I take supplements other than B12, which I know is not reliably found in a plant-based diet, and also people over 50, no matter what they're eating, are told that they need a B12 supplement because it's just so hard to um, extract uh, from food. Um, vitamin D, I need that. I'm not going out in the sun. And when I do, I put on sunblock. So yeah. I definitely need that. And the omega-3 fatty acids, I take in a fully formed um, EPA, a DHA form from algae. And I know some people can extrapolate enough of that from the flax and, and the soy and the chia and whatnot. But I had my levels tested several years ago and found out that my ALA, the stuff that is in, in the flax, et cetera, I was great. I was an ALA superstar. <laughs> but then my EPA DHA, which is the kind that the body can use, was almost non-existent. Right. So those and zinc as well. Zinc is very, very hard to get in the diet because it's simply not in the soil. So those I take and I think of them as supplements to supplement my diet, which even though it's a great diet, is probably going to be deficient in those elements. But the other supplements that I take, and I take some herbs as well, I see it as a continuum between just being healthy from the food you eat, dealing with any problems, disease processes, just in that way. And then the other end of the spectrum is drugs and surgery. Mm -hmm. Well, if the food alone isn't doing it, do you have to jump to drugs and surgery? Maybe in the middle there somewhere, there might be some of these herbs and supplements. And so I, I do take some of those and feel good about it. What kind of herb? I know you call it herbs in, uh, yes. in America, isn't it? I herbs. Find it, <laughs> I find that really hard to say without the H. Um, yeah, what kind of herbs do you eat? You, you eat um, them or? Well, I, I take uh, one that I take every day is cat's claw. Uh, okay. And I take that in an oil-free tincture. It's not too bad. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and then I take lemon balm, which is a specific for tinnitus, which I'm dealing with, as I said. And and that one's really nasty. <laughs> that one's bad. And I have to have a little little something yummy to, to follow um, that up. And I take licorice root. Now, people with high blood pressure don't want to get into a licorice because it can aggravate that. And anybody, excuse me, taking a licorice root needs to do it for like a month on and two weeks off. Um, but you can drink licorice tea all the time. That's not strong enough to be a problem. But um, yeah, those are the herbs that, uh, that I uh, use these days. And, and it's interesting. It took me many years to warm to herbs because it always seemed so complex and I didn't understand yeah. it. And so often the herbologists were 
anti-vegan because they were in another kind of world of, you know, yeah. health. And, um, but I've made peace with all that now. And that's just part of my routine. Yeah, well, it's obviously um, doing you good. <laughs> um, I mean, you have quite a sort of holistic approach to veganism, don't you? I tell do. Us, tell us about your beliefs. Well, for me, as I said, because the vegetarianism was sparked first by my love for animals, but then by yoga, the vegetarianism and ultimately the veganism has always been a, a kind of spiritual practice for me. The suffering of the animals is so difficult to bear, so difficult to know about. And, and I know now we've all seen videos but back in the old days, it was, it was very, very hidden. And I had the opportunity to spend a day in a slaughterhouse, spend a day in a chicken factory. And you just can't do that and, and smell the smells and, and hear the sounds and, and have one of those animals look into your eyes and say, why aren't you helping me without being profoundly moved? Mm -hmm. So my veganism is, has a foundation of, I believe that one of the very important things for which I came to earth was to try to do something for animals to try to bring about more of, of a vegan world. And then there's this interesting part that has to do with the food that when you take in, as you were saying, the difference between the more processed foods and, and uh, the, the fresher foods, when you eat in this lighter way, when you eat in this very nutrient dense kind of way, it not only gives you more energy, I think it gives you more of a positive outlook. I think the brain is clearer you have more bright ideas, you kind of wake up with an idea to, to follow through with. And it's, it's utterly fascinating to me. And again, you know, on the aging thing, most people would probably have the idea, well, when you're 72, you're just not come up, coming up with a lot of really great, new, fabulous ideas. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> and, and I really do think that, that some of that has to do with the, certainly the nutritional value from the strong scientific uh, information that we have, but also this kind of yogic idea of life force energy. You can get it from watching the sunrise, from getting up early and walking out where it's beautiful, from touching the earth with your bare feet to being with somebody you absolutely adore, <laughs> it's just exchanging energy being with a companion animal, especially if you're as lucky as I am to have uh, one of the world's best dogs as a family member. I also have a, a rescue pigeon. Uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, he's blind in one eye and needs to be oh. a companion bird. But all these things increase your life force energy. Mm. And so does eating really beautiful, fresh, colorful food if you are indeed 
fortunate enough to have access to it, which I know that a lot of people aren't. I also know that it can be expensive. And I feel grateful that at this time of my life, it's just my husband and me. And so we can get good produce. And, Mm. you know, it wasn't always like that. I was a single mom for 10 years. And so, you know, you do the best you can. But uh, that little bit of freshness, even if, you know, apples and carrots, those are never very expensive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or or even frozen vegetables. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, they're cheap and sort of buying things um, like chickpeas and um, lentils. So if you buy them dry, that's a really cheap way of kind of um, packing in things like that into your diet, isn't it? Yes, um, well, I could I could talk to you all afternoon, Victoria. I mean, you've just there's so much that we could cover. It's just, yeah, you've got an incredible story, and I'd encourage anyone listening to go and check out your website because you know you've got your blog there, you've got the the Main Street Vegan Academy, you've got all your books, uh, and the podcast, of course. Yes, the the Main Street Vegan podcast had 475 episodes. Uh, We ran for just short of 10 years when the um, hybrid radio podcast network through through which uh, we aired uh, closed its door. The hybrid model is no longer necessary because everybody's doing podcasts. So so those are all still there, but I'm very excited that I am going to launch a brand new podcast. It's the same RSS feed. So all of that wonderful Main Street Vegan stuff is still there and will live forever on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and whatnot. But I'm going to start the Main Street Vegan podcast. And our tagline is um, vitality, spirituality, compassion. And the idea is that I'm hoping to reach more pre-vegans. And I do have some reputation. Early in my career, I wrote three vegan books. And then I thought, what else can I say about veganism? (laughs) And so I started writing books about spirituality and well-being. I had this big international bestseller called Creating a Charmed Life, got on Oprah a couple of times with those kinds of books. And, you know, and then you know, I moved back into uh, writing almost exclusively about veganism. But those other people that read those other books aren't dead. And (laughs) I need to bring them back and and also reach out to other people. Because I think sometimes veganism scares people, which makes me so sad, but it does. So anyway, so the Victoria Moran podcast uh, is about to start. And uh, I hope some people will listen. Yeah, I will definitely be one of those people. I'm really excited oh, bless to your hear heart. it. So what date does that launch? Have you got a date for it yet? June 15th. And we're um, through the mindbodyspirit.fm, but it will be on all of the podcast platforms. And anybody who subscribed to Main Street Vegan will automatically get the Victoria Moran podcast when it's up. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so nice to chat to you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Victoria. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you get updated when every new episode comes out. And you can also subscribe to our best-selling magazine, Vegan Food and Living. You can try an issue for just 99p by visiting veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast. It's packed with nutritional vegan recipes, loads of advice and tips 
on living your best vegan life. And you can choose between a digital or print subscription. I'll be back on Tuesday with Molly. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Simply Vegan Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.